Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today. This is an hour dedicated to understanding a little more about ourselves, our beliefs, and how we approach enlightenment. Indeed, an hour devoted to learning something more, not just about that world of shoes and ships and sealing wax, but about how, what, and why we think as we do. An hour for the open-minded, willing to challenge some of those old ideas about who we are and what we might become. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. Now, now I have a question for you before we get into going on the show. Uh-huh. Um, you have recently become a fisherwoman. <laughs> and yeah, and your most recent fishing experience, I decided you were a genuine true fisherwoman and that's because you had a fish come right up to the to the edge of the boat look at you spit your hook and swim away now i happen to see that fish (laughs) and my recollection of that fish is different than yours i believe you said it was three feet long is that right never gonna let me lift that one down are you (laughs) actually i misspoke i did mean to say it was three pounds not three feet when in reality it was maybe three ounces it was a good fish it was a good eight inches fish it would have fed all of my dogs off of the one fish that's cool well it wouldn't have given them a full meal anyway you're a great fisherwoman let's get on (laughs) all right all of you can write ravinder now and tell her what it means to lose a three-foot trout Every week I read some of your letters as our way of respecting the very important role you play in making this show successful. Last week our guest was the delightful Dee Wallace, and we discussed her book, Bright Light, Spiritual Lessons from a Life in Acting. Liz wrote, I just love how Dee points to our individual worlds as the products of our choices. Now Richard commented, we are not so in control of our brains. These things we like to say we choose we didn't choose these reactions aren't choices they are effects in my understanding that is why they are so hard to weed out we have to play games with our own subconscious to move from destructive responses and at some point a sucking spiral takes force people who haven't been near the bottom of this spiral seem not to understand the gravity of it and the daily struggle to go upstream Try getting an orchestra to play Bach when the whole band wants to play ACDC. Viviana commented, we cannot control all that happens in our lives, only our reaction. And with awareness, we can shift from reactive to responsive, not get hijacked emotionally by people and situations. Kevin commented in the chat room, awesome show, awesome chat. And don't forget, the answers you seek will not come through your eyes or ears. They are already in your heart. I like that. That's a nice comment. That's like no competition in happiness. Also from our chat room, go to girl remark. Thanks for the pay it forward, Eldon. Wish all would pay it forward. Now I'll use your remarks uh, to remind all of you out there listening that we do offer a number of intertalk programs free for the downloading is just a part of our own pay it forward. You can also get the CD version if you choose, but you do need to pay for the shipping. But you can check this all out by simply going to intertalk.com. So check it out today. Elaine wrote, Eldon, I heard today was a fantastic show. It never feels right if I miss the show, so I was sad. 
Thank God for the archives. Now, I'm going to use your letter, Elaine, to remind everyone of the archives and the rebroadcast of the program. Although the show is live every Tuesday on Hay House Radio, it is repeated several more times during the week. So if you miss it live, you can catch it later free during the week. And you can join Ravinder and her team in the chat room reviewing what went on at the same time that you're listening to the show later in the week. Now, that said, the archives hold all of the shows and are available to Hay House Wisdom community members. And you can learn more about that by simply going to hayhouseradio.com. Jana stated, love the show. Dee is an amazing, inspiring person. Shirley wrote, I was given one of your CDs as a gift by a friend. I listen to the CD at least twice a day. Your CDs really work. Wen wrote, thank you for your brilliant products and amazing sounds. Donald wrote, I am a 46-year-old male who has been drinking since I was 16. Ten years ago, my wife left me and took my three-month-old son with her. Drinking every day, a pint of scotch a night. Last year, I stumbled across your website and purchased free of alcohol. I had tried everything else and was desperate. I put off using the program until a month and a half ago. Today, I am no longer even interested in alcohol. I've tried to quit on many occasions, but failed. Your Intertalk CD is miraculous. I plan on working on my smoking and weight management next. I am recommending your programs to everyone I know. Thank you. Well, thank you, Donald, and congratulations. Nicholas wrote, at this stage of my development, I feel a sense of responsibility to let you know what I have accomplished by using your recordings. In the past 13 months, I have lost 53 pounds using the Weight Loss Now program. As time has gone by, I have come to realize that this is not as significant as my exploration into the moving factors behind my weight gain. By using other CDs like those on success and determination, I am able to see clear mental patterns which stem from a general lack of responsibility and self-esteem in my character and lead to nervous anxiety which expresses itself as nail-biting and a tendency to overeat. Rather than deal with these problems directly over the years, I have developed coping mechanisms like exercise to keep my weight under control as well as the stereotypical course of denial as to just how heavy I was. I will keep on using the recordings to see how much more I can learn from them, and I realize that my neurotic behavior took 40 years to develop, and it will take some time to diffuse the affectations which protect my other fears from being exposed. Thank you for your help. Well, thank you, Nicholas, for your excellent letter, your feedback, and I have to say congratulations on your success. Keep it up, sir. You know, it's our hope and ambition to make tools available that can assist all of you in empowering the real awesome you that is who you really are. So whenever you're ready, stop by and check out InterTalk. Download one of the free programs and try this patented and proven technology for yourself. All right, that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but I do invite you to opine. You can express your opinions by emailing me at eldon at eldentaylor.com or by joining me on Facebook. We can't get all of your letters on the air, but we do thank you for your feedback, and it definitely impacts our programming. We recognize that it is because of your support that our show is successful, and again, thank you. Now to today's show. 
Have you ever wondered about numerology or reoccurring numbers? Have you ever questioned what your soul path or purpose was? Have you ever asked yourself what 1111 means? According to N5D, quote, physical reality is a consciousness program created by digital codes. Numbers, numeric codes define our existence. Human DNA, our genetic memory, is encoded to be triggered by digital codes at specific times and frequencies. Those codes awaken the mind to the change and evolution of consciousness. 1111 is one of those codes, meaning activation of DNA. Further, you will note that seeing 1111 frequently creates synchronicities in your life. Close quote. Others inform us that 1111 is the master number if it is your birth date. It is often considered to announce a spiritual awakening when encountered repeatedly. There are still other meanings, but the meaning to today's guest must include her life purpose. Indeed, it is to the journey of the soul that our guest has dedicated her life's work. Our guest today is Simran Singh. Simran is the host of 1111 Radio, reaching over 2 million individuals annually, and all of her live shows and archives are freely available at 1111talkradio.com or on iTunes. She states, and I quote, My life purpose is to express myself fully through creativity, voice, and connection to others. In doing so, I am able to motivate, inspire, provide meaning, and empower people and organizations to live their highest vision while celebrating the journey of the soul. SimranSing.com, an affiliated 1111 magazine, 1111 interviews, and 1111 talk radio are all part of that dream. These are not just websites, she continues. This is Earth School curriculum in the most sensory, passionate, and transformational way. This is a grateful, heartfelt, global, like-minded community dedicated to the journey of your soul. It is a place where well-being, prosperity, peace, and joy are achieved and where roadblocks, experiences, and life are faced, embraced, understood, and overcome. It is a place where like-minded, conscious people can go at any time for support, products, and a sense of community regardless of what is appearing on their path. Close quote. That's an ambitious plan. So let's get her in here and find out exactly what 1111 means to her. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Simran Singh. Thank you, Eldon. It's so great to be with you. And your entire introduction of me occurred at 1111. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> <Well>, synchronistic? <laughs> how synchronistic? You know, I, I have got to start with. Well, first, thanks for joining us. And and, and there are uh, several questions that I want to, you know, get into the meat of what it is that you do. But I I know that you are Sikh. And um, the shooting in Wisconsin, and, uh, well, let me digress just a little bit. My wife was, of course, raised Sikh as well. And this morning we had a conversation. Um, and, and essentially she indicated to me that she didn't, think that she was Sikh still, but she still felt connected to that family. And and as a result, it was like the shooting was closer to her and and and, and more offensive to her maybe than some others. 
Uh, I'm going to ask you about your response to this. Uh, you know, tell us how this impacts you. You know, I, I think what you just said about Ravinder is so amazing because. I think there's a small picture and a large picture in terms of what happened in Wisconsin or even in terms of what happened in Colorado. The small picture kind of pulls at us and it makes us say this is senseless and, it, and, and this is violent and, you know, why are people doing this? And, and sometimes it can pull out our anger and it can, it can make us really want to either take action or run in fear. It's, it's going to create that kind of response from people. And that has purpose. And then there's this bigger picture, which if you look at it from the soul perspective, everyone in that played a role, and they played a very significant role in birthing something in each one of us that was touched in whatever way we were touched. And whether it was that it evoked sympathy or it evoked love or it evoked connection or it evoked anger, it evoked a response. And especially now when so many people are numb and unfeeling, Sometimes it's those very events, albeit they are tragic events, that are helping to break the heart open, which is where the soul needs to go to heal. As I heard about that, of course I was touched. I was raised in the Sikh faith, and it's very dear to my heart. I am a universalist. I believe in all faiths, and they are all ladders to the same place. They're just simply different pathways that we take to come to a place of uniting, a place yes. of oneness. And so it, it, it was, of course, touching to see people in that fear and having to go through that kind of experience. But then also the larger part of me, the, the soul part of me understood this is what may be required for many people right now to break open, to say, will I forgive and can I love and can I see the pain in the individual that conducted the attack rather than just becoming an attacker myself. And so I think there's a lot here to look at um, from the very original response to how deeply will you go with this? Where will you let this take you? Very interesting. You know, there are three items uh, that we like to kind of understand with our guests. The first is, who is the messenger? The second is, what is the message? And finally, the third is, how do we use the information? So if we may... Uh, tell us about Simran Singh and what led you to the path you're on today. Well, I think as in, in most cases for people that begin their spiritual journey, is they have to go through a series of upsets and breakdowns in their life. And that occurred with me after very much living the perfect life, being the the perfect Indian child and, and going through all the steps of arranged marriage and all of the different things that were required of me, all of a sudden I realized I was not living my life. I was living the life and the constructs of everyone else and what they thought my life should be. Um, I, am, I am a Pisces, so I'm the fish that you caught today to be on your show. Um, <laughs> but in being that Pisces, I soak up a lot of people's energy. I take on what other people are feeling and thinking. And oftentimes for Pisces, it's very hard to create or understand one's own identity because they get so washed away in that of others. And that exactly happened to me. And I didn't realize it until life started breaking down, until I started to lose the people in my life, lose the things in my life, have relationship upset, have uh, myself deaden and kind of wane away. And all through this time, 11-11 kept popping up 
it kept showing up in a sense that I knew there was a language being communicated to me. It was kind of my language with the universe, and I would I would rely on it for support from time to time whenever I was having a real issue. But there came a point in my journey where the breakdown was so severe that I was at a place of no longer even wanting to be here. And in that moment, in that state of depression, the 1111s began appearing as many as 20 times a day, everywhere, on everything, even on clocks. And you and I both know 1111 only appears twice a day on a clock, but on my clocks, it was appearing a lot more than that. (laughs) And that was a communication. There was someone really trying to get my attention. And when I finally allowed myself to break open and get angry enough and finally feel again and say, what the heck do you want? Either stop this or tell me what it means. In that moment, the full download of 1111 Magazine came. But what was more important than that was I opened up enough to allow a greater part of me to express. And I think ultimately that's what we're each here to do, is to open up enough that we allow the greatness of us to express in such an infinite way but in, and let go of all of those confines and restrictions that we have taken on, things that we don't even realize that we've taken on, so that we can be something else and be more powerful. And often that chrysalis occurs as a result of a dark night, such as you described. Now, before we get a little further along in this, and especially since you have drawn out your process of individuation, if you will, um, you know, this is provocative enlightenment, so you're apt to get a provocative question or two, Simran. I know you know that. I happen to believe that everything we do in life is connected to our spiritual development. And that includes our participation in the democratic process that leads us to the election polls in November. Now, your sister is a well-known Republican governor. I happened to see her last night uh, on television. Uh, governor of South, uh, or yeah, South Carolina, Nikki Haley, and she upholds what has been described as conservative values. Now, you, on the other hand, could be said to hold a more liberal political perspective because of the crowd you hang with, if nothing else. That is, many believe that any and all of us sharing global concerns and speaking about spirituality are New Age liberals with a strong affinity for a Democratic Party. So my two-part question, how do you and your sister get along, and do you share the same or substantially similar views when it comes to politics? Well, my sister and I get along very well. I actually believe that we are, in a sense, doing the same work. We're just doing it from two different perspectives. She cleans up the world from the outside. I help people clean up the world from the inside. We're both doing our part, and in the grand scheme of things, in, in the divine presence, it requires both of us. It requires all of us, and it requires all of these different parts. So it's going to require the conservative, and it's going to require the liberal. But when we do that, we create more separation, because we are dividing ourselves, when in fact, if we would just come together and understand that there are pieces and parts of both of us that just need to unite, we could create a lot more. I'm definitely not a politician. I didn't go into that field. I'm someone that loves everyone, and I'm someone that believes there's a way to come to a common ground with everything. But I see that there is need for different types of people and different methods of doing things for us to advance. And at this moment in time, our country is at a place where 
everything feels like complete chaos. And so we need people to create a rise, whether it is politicians or whether it is the constituents, to create a rise in the system so that these waves end up really washing away what is not working for us anymore. And those of us that are in spirituality, we're doing it our way. Those that are in politics are doing it in their way. But I still think it's all working together. Now, if I may, I, I would see suggested implicitly in our conversation thus far the um, potential interpretation that could go like this. You struggled through many things, came to the dark spot, depression, and had an awakening. Do you, with the polarization that exists in our our culture today, particularly right here in America, uh, and the strong differences, uh, do you see that as possibly uh, a larger scale interpretation of moving through the same process to that dark spot where we reemerge with some synthesis? I think everything goes through that process. And I think those of us that very openly exhibit that process are here to help others realize that there are masks that need to drop, whether it is in individuals or whether it is in government or whether it is in countries or whether it is in businesses. Everything has to crumble before it can be reborn. Everything has to have a dark night before it can see the light. Because although we come in in the purest form, things are layered on top of that that no longer let us see that pure form. And once we layer so much, it all has to come down. And and that's what's going on with so many people right now. The energy of 2012 is all about letting go. And the more we let go, the easier we let go of the things that we are desperately clinging to, the more readily what is really truth and what is really available to the individual will come forward in the easiest possible way. But we are the ones that hold it back because we cling so tightly to who we think we are and what we think we have to have. And instead, there's so much more out there that is meant for us. The energy of 2012. Uh, I, I, I'm going to have to ask you more about that one, but, but we're coming up on a break, and we're going to we're going to be too short of time to do so. Tell everybody before we hit that break uh, how to find out more about you, where your website is, etc. Simran. Absolutely, you can definitely access all of the 1111 resources for free at 1111mag.com. That's 1111mag.com. You can access the amazing, beautiful magazine as well as all the talk radio shows. And you can also go to simran-sing.com. And and I would recommend that. Marvelous information there. In fact, I've been blessed to write an article for a magazine, and it's an award-winning magazine. We'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, We're speaking with Simran Singh about passion life purpose in a transformational way. If you're not already in our chat room, this is a great time to join in the conversation. You'll want to hurry, though, for we have a short film uh, about our guest. It's really, it's, it's quite a, a informative film, uh, and you can catch that during the break. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up after these words from some of our friends. Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? Inner Talk 
Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. Inner talk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Every day, every moment, we face choices. Yet, how many of those choices are truly our own? Are you ready to step onto the path of discovery? Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions, now revised, updated, and expanded. Eldon combines provocative information, scientific research, and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're discussing the journey of your soul with author, editor, and radio personality Simran Singh. But before we get back to today's show, I want to ask you to like our Facebook fan page for Provocative Enlightenment Radio. As a fan, you'll always know where we are and what's on next. I would also like to invite you to join me on Facebook while you're there. All right, let's let's just get back to Simran Singh. You know, Simran, you say something that I, I just think you say so elegantly that I'm, I'm tempted to steal it from you. And that's, <laughs> that's in your words that your website, you say, this is, earth school curriculum in the most sensory passionate and transformational way now i happen to know how that relates because i've visited your websites i've listened to some of the interviews uh, i know the path that you're on the exploration how you deal with things etc you've had a very interesting career but part of it also involved the fashion business you were in that for some 30 years i believe and you've stated that clothing is a language. Can you tell us about that? What do you mean by clothing is a language? And how does that relate to the journey of the soul? You know, everything is a language. Everything means something. And the moment that we don't think that this world was created specifically for us and our learning, we've missed the point. Because every single person, item, selection, anything and everything that comes in front of us is there specifically to tell us something about ourselves. And this is what I began discovering in the fashion industry. I worked in the family business from the time I was four years old. I grew up in that industry. And what fashion taught me was that there are patterns and that there is color and that there are ways to put things together and that even the things that don't seem to match can come together in a certain way. And that's what we do as people. That's how we are. We have patterns. We have color. But a lot of people stick to black. A lot of people stick to brown. A lot of people hide their color. A lot of people hide their expression. And so you can look at fashion and kind of see even consciously where people are. Now, I love black, too, and I think that black is a great fashion statement. But we also 
hide to the degree that we wear black. And a lot of people don't realize that our clothing really does talk about where we are internally. It really depicts how we feel about ourselves, what we're willing to say, what we're willing to show, how we're willing to connect with people. And that's how I initially began my inquiry in consciousness, my inquiry in myself. Because as I went through that process of working in the family business and staying in it for many, many years, I started to discover that what I once had a passion for, all of a sudden it wasn't there anymore. It's like I took everything that I could from it in terms of growing and learning. I gave great service. I helped a lot of people. I coached a lot of people in that process. But all of a sudden there was a place where I was no longer growing. And in that moment, it was time to shed. It was time to let go and do something else. And so our clothing also depicts that we have to change costume. We have to shed the layers. We have to allow ourselves to move into a different wardrobe from time to time, that we have to become something else, that one image that we have is not the only image that we have, that we can be anything. And so it was a great uh, beginning point because I started blogging about fashion and it kind of evolved into this spirituality conversation on its own. But that was as I was evolving as well. And and we're each here really to discover ourselves. So every step of the way, everything we do needs to be specifically for ourselves. And when we do that, it ends up touching other people. Now, I, I think it's fair for me to infer from that answer then that you would believe that Everything we do in our lives is a spiritual statement. Uh, the attitude we express in our workplace, the attitude we express toward our fellow human beings, uh, how we conduct ourselves, uh, and so forth. If uh, I got that correct? How, how can it not be spiritual? I mean, I agree. every single thing is spiritual, from the garbage and the graffiti to the, the mosque and the temple. Everything is spiritual. It's, it's what we do with that. It's how we engage with it. It's how sensory we make it. Are we going to allow ourselves to move beyond what we know about ourselves and, and not just see it and not just hear it, but literally drink it in, literally soak it in, little, literally take it all in to such a degree that we become one with it? That's the ultimate goal, is to not be the separate being in this sphere but to recognize that our energy is actually connected to each and everything that's already here, and we are that. And when we allow ourselves to be that in senses, in being, in thinking, in feeling, then all of a sudden we start to understand and have the compassion and have the creativity and have the ability to make the change in the world, to be that change in the world, because all of a sudden all those things out there are now us. It's now, no as you know, Simran, I write a lot about waking up, uh, becoming aware of who you really are and getting out of, you know, this uh, hive consciousness, uh, so to speak, and, and developing integrity in everything that you do, doing your best at everything that you can do, that you do do, and seeing all of your actions, including the world of politics, as we've already discussed, as a... Uh, an unfoldment of your spiritual learning, of your, your spiritual development. So now, this morning I happened to read that, uh, indeed, uh, on my Facebook page, a new study shows that telling the truth over lying actually decreases, well, let me say it differently, lying in, impedes your health. It, it affects and influences your life expectancy and your overall wellness 
What's your take on how human beings generally behave in the world as opposed to how they behave when they when they think of spirituality, typically on Sunday or for those that are Seventh-day Adventists on Saturday? What's your take on that? Well, you know, that saying of how we do one thing is how we do everything, I don't think you can separate who you are in one place as to who you are in another. If you're wearing a mask, that mask is going to be there whether you're sitting in your spiritual setting or whether you're uh, working out at the gym or at the bar or at the grocery store. Those masks are going to be there until you go in and discover. A lot of my work is really about getting people not to anchor so much in your affirmative statements, not to be all about I'm going to be this positive person, I'm going to show everyone that I'm, I'm great and I'm nice and I'm kind, but to be willing to fall in love with that other side, that other side of you that has been hidden by the mass, the side of you that does get upset, the side of you that's hurt, the side of you that's angry, the side of you that gets jealous, the side of you that's vindictive. Because we have to love that part of us, and that part is as spiritual as the other side. And as we love that side and we bring it together and we converge the two, then you're telling the truth. Until then, you are not telling the truth. You are not being authentic, and you are not going to be able to make a difference in this world. And that is why we are having shootings, and that is why we are having terrorism, and that is why we are having poverty and famine in this world, is because we're not telling the truth about the poverty and the famine that's inside, the terrorism that we commit upon ourselves, the negative self-talk that we tell ourselves in secret, in closets, behind closed doors, but yet we portray something on the outside. The world I love you. show I, us, us. I love you. I love your philosophy. Uh, okay, let's talk about your magazine. And doggone it, you know, I mean, this is the Nautilus Award-winning 1111 magazine, only publication, I believe, to have ever been given this distinguished honor. You founded it in 2008, and yet it's no longer published. I love the, the magazine. But, you know, tell us, what's that like to have, I mean, to me, that would be like a child, a baby that you brought into the world, and now it's suspended. What's that like, and why did you shut it down? Well, it's, it's, it's no longer being created. It's not shut down. It is still there. It's there for all time because the material that is there is timeless. And it is a curriculum that if someone started from the beginning and went to the end, they are going to have a course of enlightenment occur within themselves. Everything that we create is a part of us. It is our DNA. It is who we are, but it's not all that we are. And when I was in the family business for 30 years in fashion, the hardest thing in the world for me at that time was to lead that business because I was feeling so obligated to my parents. I felt that I'm the one that's supposed to take over. I'm the one that's been bred in the business. I'm the one that's supposed to continue the legacy. And so it was to the point of making me sick that I would not leave. And then I finally had the courage to let go. And the one thing that I claimed for myself when I let go of there is whatever I do in the future, I will do because I love it and I will do it as long as it is serving me and serving others. And as long as it has no, not become my identity, because the moment it becomes my identity, I have limited myself again. And there's more to me than that. And so through the course of 1111, when it downloaded into my head, I heard specific words. And those words were, do this now, you will heal and others will heal. And at that time, I was in a great deal of pain. 
but I was also a workaholic, and the universe knew I needed something to stink, sink my teeth into to get me out of bed and get me moving again. Through that magazine, through writing in it, through interviewing, through all the pieces of it, I was on my own healing path, and that's why I know that everything in those magazines work is because it healed me just in the creation of it. And I got to a certain point, and it was towards the end of 2011 where I started to get this feeling to, that 11.11 is complete. It's, it's done what it's here to do for you, and it's the curriculum that it needs to be for other people to reach their next best step. It's time to end it. But everyone was telling me, no, you've got the Nautilus Award, and you've got this big following, and you've got all this stuff going on, and how can you possibly stop something that you've spent all this time on? How can you leave something that you've been so committed to? And so I hung on to it, and then I was to take a journey to Machu Picchu this summer, and I had decided to go into silence during that period and take the summer off and unplug from all of technology. And while I was in Machu Picchu, I had some incredible experiences which told me completely, yes, you are complete. The work you were supposed to do in regard to that is complete and is going to touch people from this time forward. But for you, you have grown as much as you can in that arena. It's now time for you to live larger than you even think you are. It's time now to shed even that identity. And so the biggest gift that I can give to people is when you have finally gotten so comfortable and you finally know who you are, it's time to move on and change because you're getting too comfortable. It's time to grow some more. It's time to be some more. It's time to allow yourself to experience more of yourself because that's all we are. We are experience, experiencing ourselves. You're stealing the words right out of my mouth. That one happens to be one of my quotes. You know, Simran, uh, when I look at the magazine, I do see it as exactly as you have described it. Have you thought about making it a hard copy version? You know, it was in print for a long time. It was in print for the first three years. And but but I mean, it's one complete anthology. Here it is. You know, you can you can obtain it as one anthology because there are some marvelous articles and and great you know information there. You 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 really shared. Um, you really do have a school in that uh, in that eleven eleven publication. I appreciate that. I'll have to give that some consideration. I've never really, really thought about that. I just, my heart told me to do it the way I did it, and and so that's kind of the path that I took. But well, I'm you sure your that. heart is right, but maybe you ought to, you know, some of us like to, to have that bound version that we can go back to, that we can underline it, and and I happen to be one of those, so maybe I'm just being selfish. Okay, <laughs> let's <clears throat> let's uh, deal with a couple of other things here. Um, I understand now why you created 1111 Magazine, but you you also have this media resource and, and you have this radio show. So, And your radio show seems to focus on voice of the soul. What does the soul really desire to say? The soul desires for us to allow it to experience and express itself in every possibility that exists and not just passing it by and saying okay I've gone through this experience and I've had that and I'm now going to get this experience and have that but really immerse ourselves so that we feel it completely so that it knows the emotion so that it knows the response and the reaction that comes so that it can reflect and look back at itself and it can make meaning 
of why it's here, of why it chose to be here, of why it chose to have the family that it had, or why it chose to have the circumstances that it chose to have. We are here to make meaning of our lives. And everything that we do has to be a fully integrated, fully embodied experience, or we're not really here. We're caught between spirit and human. If we're not fully engaging all of our senses, our mind, our thought, our reflection, then we're not really taking advantage of the amazing opportunity that Earth School really is. This is an opportunity that a soul dreams of because this is a virtual reality that we get to play in and create in and change at whim if we so desire. And so the soul just wants to be heard and seen and felt and experienced through each one of us. And in the end of that, it wants to celebrate. It wants to celebrate every so-called failure and mistake. It wants to celebrate every triumph and every gift. It wants to make love to life. The soul wants to be in the space that is between the desire to kiss and the kiss. And that's the most exciting place in the world. Wow. You write poetry too, Simran? <laughs> I don't. I just I just get very caught up in myself. <laughs> well, you do very, very well. I, I, You know, I want to flesh that out a little bit if I can. I just want to be sure that everybody understands, including myself, what you just said. There is a popular movement, as a case in point, uh, that is, is seen as a form of nihilism, this notion that um, you know, our ego is evil indeed. Our ego is the uh, very obstacle that stops us from uh, immersion, uh, immersion one with the one, that, that in fact, individually, we don't really exist. That, that is the great illusion. Uh, if we could get past the illusion that we as an individual exist, that ego notion, then we could experience nirvana, escape from moksha, um, the wheel of rebirth, and so forth. Um, and, and that seems to be in direct conflict with uh, a whole notion about uh, you're special, you're unique, uh, you, you know, you have certain talents, you're here to taste the chocolate, as my wife says, you're here to make love to life, as you say, so poetically. Uh, so correct me, uh, is there a synthesis here or are these uh, polar opposite views? I think we give too much importance to the ego. I think the ego is a part of spirituality. I think it's a part of who we are, but too many people make it all of who they are. And if we can put it in more in perspective and bring the ego in to be just a piece of all of who we are, then all of a sudden we can partake in everything in that amazing, beautiful way. We are here to really focus on ourselves because the only one in the room is the divine presence in yourself. No one else is really here. Every person on the planet is God showing up with a different face and a different agenda specifically for the purposes of giving you the experience that you've been seeking. And those people are having their own bubble experience where you are God showing up with a different face to give them the experience they were seeking. In the end, we're all bubbles of the divine waiting to burst into the divine presence as one. But until then, 
we're just here to discover the many different facets that we are. We are just a bunch of split personalities waiting to become whole. And so when we bring the ego back and we bring the different personalities back and we bring the innocent child and we bring the selfish one and the selfless one and all of those parts of us together and we really engage and enjoy each and every one, then that's how we move through the curriculum of Earth School because they are each a subject that we are supposed to identify and uncover and befriend and know. And when we do that, we bring ourselves to the oneness because we know all of the one that we are. Okay, now, I have to ask you this, just again, you know, for clarification. So when we have come to that point where we know, as you just put it, do we lose individuality or we do we still have a, an individual awareness? I believe that on the earth plane, we will always have a bit of an individual awareness because we're each here to be a certain part. It's almost as if we are each a cell in the great body of the divine, and we're each here for a specific function. Mm -hmm. But in being that cell, we know our oneness that exists around us, and because of that, we're able to collaborate, we're able to connect, we're able to work in unison and harmony. And that comes from being able to balance out all the different parts of ourselves. Right now, a lot of people are ego-heavy, and so that is the part that's ruling. But as that comes into balance, whenever it comes into balance, in those moments, all of a sudden, we will see that each and every one is special and unique and that we are unitedly special and unique as well. I totally share, totally concur. It's called process theology, by the way, that analogy, the cell of the body. All right. Now, 1111 was a big one for you. I don't know what the deal is with 555 to me. I'm going to have to look into that after... uh, talking with you today, but my wife and I get 555 an awful lot. Well, let me, so, let me give you a little insight into what some of that 1111 is about. 1111 is a pre-encoded cellular trigger that we uh-huh. each have. It is to help us remember the truth of who we are. So as people uh, start delving into more of their self-inquiry, they're going to start seeing numbers. A lot of people see 11111 or 1111 around the world, millions in fact, because that is the easiest one to, to catch hold of. It is not the only one. But what typically happens is people start to see 1111. As they graduate themselves in their level of consciousness, they move up the scale. And if they are the types that start seeing 222 or 333 or 555 or 777, those are extreme master numbers, which means that you have just raised yourself on levels of consciousness that are greater. It it doesn't mean that anyone's better or worse than. It just means you're on a different plane than others. You can see in a broader spectrum than most others can see. You've got a bigger heart to encompass more and be more compassionate to what is going on uh, than, than those that are um, at a different level of the scale. It's all good. There's nothing right or wrong about it. It's just a way uh, of decoding the system, of decoding the entire matrix of what is all going on. If you're not seeing 1111, there's nothing wrong with you. You're seeing something. My primary message is the universe is communicating with you in many different ways, whether it is animals or birds or words or certain people or songs or 1111. You are getting some prompt on a consistent basis. And in that moment, when you get that prompt, close your eyes, take a breath, and think about what you're feeling. Feel what you're feeling and think about what you just thought about, because it is trying to get you to make a response in regard to what you just thought about. People that see 1111 are usually inquiring about an issue or a problem that they're having, and they need an answer. 1111 means follow your heart. 
We've got your back. You're supported. Move in the direction of your soul, not in the practicality of your mind. Yes, Simon saying you are a great spokesperson for precisely what you say your publications do. <laughs> okay, all right, we have, you know, maybe one minute. And in that one minute, I'm going to ask you this. What has been your greatest lesson in this period since 1111 first presented itself to you? My greatest blessing since 1111 first presented itself to me was the, is the ability to see myself in a way I could not see myself before. And in being able to see myself in this way, I now see other people and life in a way that I could not see before. And I think that is from a place in the heart that had been guarded and shielded, that has been opened in such a way that I see incredible beauty in everything, regardless of what it appears like in the human sense. You're a very strong person, and yet you're a very fragile person. I enjoy reading your your writings. You're very candid. Uh, you share intimately your journey. I would invite our entire listening audience to be certain that they check out 1111 uh, and, and all, all of your, your uh, tools that are available. Once again, Simram, what website do you want them to go to? Got just about 10 seconds. Sure, it's 1111mag.com. You can uh, access the magazine and the radio show, and I will be continuing to feature articles and different things on people through a blog on that site as well. So just stay, t- stay in touch. All right, we've come to the end of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment, and I want to thank you all for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed our show, and we'll join us again next time, same uh, time, same place. And if you have comments on our show, do let us all know. Okay, until next time, remember, wherever you are in the world, believing in yourself always matters.